Welcome back to the Every Effort podcast, where we are so blessed, a little stressed, and making every effort to figure out the rest. I'm your co-host, Jocelyn. And I'm your co-host, Matt. Today, we're talking about managing lifestyle creep. I'm really excited for this. I think this is such an interesting topic, and especially at this time in our lives where we're entering the workforce and getting our first paychecks, it's something we all struggle with. We've experienced a lot of you creepsters in our life, (laughs) so we're trying to help out and manage the expectations of money. Money is really fun to spend, especially when you start working. Oh, yeah, it doesn't feel real at first, right? You look at that paycheck and you see even $100 and you think you're rich. I think at at first I was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so much money. Like, I I can't spend it. And then I was really good at saving. And then after a while, it just it all goes downhill. You're like, okay, maybe I can spend an extra couple bucks every week. Right. I feel like you always start off on one extreme and then you have to kind of adjust back to that balance. Yeah, it's about discipline. You can't just let loose all the time. As fun as it would be, unfortunately, we can't. Lifestyle creep is known as kind of like as your as your income rises, so does your spending. You kind of like keep matching what you're making with what you are spending your money on. And it's called creep because it happens a lot of the times without you knowing. It's kind of like behind your back, but it but it is you. Like you're the one who's spending the money. But you kind of lose control in a sense, or you at one point spent like a college or high school student, and now you're spending like a millionaire. And I get it, like it's fun, and I think it's good to treat yourself. We have an episode just on treating yourself and whether or not that's right. So if you are interested in that, you can check out episode three. Right. And I think that lifestyle creep is such an interesting thing because on the surface, it doesn't sound so bad, right? It makes sense. As I make more money, I'll spend more money. That sounds about right. But then when you think a little bit more about it, if you make 60000 and spend 40000 and then you have your income go up to 120000 and you spend 100000 you're really no better off. You're making so much more money, but because you're still kind of keeping that level of spending up, you're not really getting anywhere. Even though your income is going up, you're not able to enjoy it as much aside from, you know, material goods. Yeah, it can take a hold of you really quick if you don't watch out for it. That's quite the jump, Matt. 60,000 <laughs> to 120. If you guys find a, a career path that can give you that kind of jump, let me know. We'll keep working at it. But I think that um, one of the most challenging parts about that is that lifestyle creep is so influenced by the people around us, right? When you work with other people who have been in your industry or who have been working for a while, everyone has those different levels of spending. So you see someone with a Louis Vuitton bag and you say, oh, I should have a Louis Vuitton bag, oh, right? Matthew, it drives me crazy <laughs> when I see new new people my age who are just spending on like luxury products. I'm just mm. like, I, I don't know, I feel like luxury things are reserved for people who have everything else figured out and that's why it's a luxury because they've earned their place to spend their money on literally nothing they're just spending it i don't think that's how people actually buy them though i think that as soon as people have enough money saved up they go get one it doesn't matter if they're stable or if they have all the resources that you think someone with luxury goods have and it makes you start to believe those things about them, right? You see someone with a Louis Vuitton bag and you say, wow, they must have this money in the bank. They must have their retirement taken care of, but they might be struggling and living paycheck to paycheck, just like the person next to them in a cheap handbag. Or they could afford it, 
but they can't necessarily afford the lifestyle that they're trying to show other people that they supposedly mm. have. Not going to lie, though, Matt, if you ever want to buy me a luxury bag, I'm all for <laughs> it because I wouldn't say no. But I also can't like I just can't fathom like putting that down like this young in my life or my career. Like I want to feel like I just want to throw money away before I get to that point personally. So we're going to try to ingrain that into you guys today. Yeah, and I get that. It's so tempting to see all these things around us. And I don't think it's ever been easier to afford things that you actually can't afford, right? We have loans, we have buy now, pay later, we have paying in installments, they make it so easy to afford it today. And then you just feel the pain down the line. Every time I see them, I see someone trying to sell a product and they have that little like that little tab in front of the next to the product that says, uh, you know, don't worry, you can pay in installments. I just like want to shoot the computer because (laughs) I'm just like, man, you're just like, you're just putting all these holds on people and Mm -hmm. they don't need that. And it's all because you just want more money because you want to make more money off of them. You want to charge them interest on top of the cost of the item. And I just think that's such an unchristian thing to offer personally, to, Mm. to offer that option for a product. Like I understand credit can be useful in general. It's not the best way to go because you're still borrowing money. We want to avoid borrowing money in general. I think that's one big point we want to make. And if you are borrowing money every month and not paying it off at least, then you need to get your lifestyle creep in order. Yeah, and I think that's one of the challenging things is that we only see the lifestyles of those around us from the outside, right? All all I see is that you drive a BMW. I don't see that more than 50% of the BMWs in America are leased. Um, And so we assume that you can afford those things. And we assume, like I said earlier, that you have everything else figured out and that this is just excess money. But sometimes those people are struggling financially as much as we are. And then because we see that, now we're tempted to do it. Now we feel like, oh, we're not spending enough or hey we we're okay right we can spend a little bit extra on this and then it can snowball really quickly yeah everyone's lying to each other and just not talking about the the negative effects of it and that's Mm. crazy to think guys over like 70 percent, right you said the bmws like way over half of the bmws you see on the road are not even owned by people like not even like purchased and with like a monthly plan they are like leased borrowed unowned so that's that's a pretty crazy crazy fact people just think it's normal and a lot more people are in debt than you guys realize like we hear some crazy numbers do you know what the last number we heard i think it was like over half of america has like debt they have to pay yeah that sounds about right it's a lot more people than we realize and i think that that's the hardest part of feeling this and trying to feel where you align with everybody else is this idea that you only see what other people put out right and in our world today there are like fake private jet photo studios that you can go and take a picture so it looks like you're traveling on a private jet or you're getting this luxury car you can go rent a porsche for a day and you know flex all your money online and act like you have this lifestyle and then other people see it and they're fueled by it and they feel like they're behind or they feel like they need to spend more in order to catch up and it's just this really really sad way of um, perverting what we see as comfortability and where we can find our joy and turning it so materialistic and making people feel like they need to catch up. Yeah, I I think the best way to life is kind of discovering those little pockets of wisdom and how to save your money or spend less because there's so many ways you guys can be spending less. And I would love to talk about that 
in future episodes more specifically, but I'm going to give you guys a piece of wisdom here. Like as a manufacturing engineer, guys, if if you feel like you're overpaying for something, you probably are. Like you would be amazed to find out that a 100% cotton shirt from Gucci is nearly the same as a 100% cotton shirt from Target. Like, yeah, there might be minor differences and there are different price ranges you could look for. But I think a big part of managing lifestyle creep is understanding what products you're getting, what they're made out of, who's manufacturing them, and also knowing what that markup cost is, being able to estimate that for yourself. So I like to look at materials of like, okay, what is something made out of and compare different prices between different sellers. And then also the quality and question every single marketing ploy that companies are trying to to give you because a lot of the times they're they're not even like that true or that <laughs> accurate or that impressive like if they say like oh my gosh like this this is sweat wicking it'll wick your sweat away within two minutes well they just happen to be the first company to even market something like that and it turns out every other polyester item on the rack can do the same thing it's just kind of small things like those like you know do your research you don't if there's like a big ticket item item you want, uh, there's always going to be something more affordable you can buy unless of course it is designer. But if you're listening to this episode, I'm assuming you're not in a position where you're buying designer left and right. There's nothing I think there's nothing wrong in like saving up for something and buying it. But uh, I think you need to also manage all your other financial responsibilities. And one way of doing that is is knowing exactly the product that you're getting. That's a great point. And I think it's important to know what you're paying for, right? And being honest with yourself and doing that research so you understand, okay, I'm paying more for this, but it's because I know I'm getting the more durable thing, the superior thing, the better made thing. And it's not bad to say, you know what? I just want the designer version. I want the name brand and that's okay to buy it, but you have to acknowledge the markup you're paying for that and that that's the reason you're buying it, right? I think Mm -hmm. it's very easy to lie to yourself and say, oh, well, I'm buying the Gucci bag because it's the best. Well, Mm -hmm. it's really not. It just has this name brand that does have value because it it's flashy and it's fashionable and people will appreciate it and talk to you about it. But I think you have to be honest with yourself. And the reason you're buying that is because you want that name recognition. You want to be able to show it to other people. It it could be personal too, right? It might just make you feel accomplished to get your new job and buy yourself a Gucci bag. That's totally fine to do, but it's important to understand where that's coming from. If you guys hear the word, like if someone tries to justify their purchase by talking about quality because it was something that was overpriced, quality is a word you want to look out for as a bad thing because you can buy quality for good price. Okay, you don't need to like spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on something for quality. Performance, however, if we're talking about a car or a drill or, you know, something you buy at Home <laughs> Depot, that's that's different. Sometimes you got to put your money down for something to perform. But quality in and of itself is is different. I can get a quality shirt anywhere. I can get quality shoes anywhere, quality makeup, uh, Maybe not everywhere, but but again, like I mentioned, it comes down to the materials and knowing what you're buying, uh, getting a sense of how the company talks about how they inspect their products or test their products. But what you said about, you know, more luxury stuff, I think you're, you know, you're right. We can, it's okay to buy a couple nice things here and there, but we have to understand even the richest people can't buy or don't buy everything luxury. Maybe there are a select few people who do in the world, but they're not really in our realm, <laughs> but you can 
can't have everything luxury. I think sitting down and like t- asking yourself like what what things are important for me to have to be extra nice, extra fancy, mm. extra supposed quality because you can't have everything. If you want a nice house, maybe that means you can't have the nicest car or maybe the car is more important to you and you just want an average house one day, you know, or you care about having really great uh a clean makeup, but that doesn't mean you can have the nice designer shoes every week. You made a great point. I think that, like you said, we have access to so many other quality options. And even though it might not have that name recognition, more than any other point in history, we have the ability to research, right? We have customer reviews. We have third-party websites that rank and review um, the use of things, how they last over time, which aspects of which product are better. And I think that the name recognition comes out of past generations, where the only way you knew you were getting good jeans is if you bought them from a band you trusted, Mm -hmm. right? Because Levi's has made jeans for forever and you know they're good quality but now we can go to fashion experts online who say i tried these five pairs of jeans and here's what i think these are the most durable these are the most fashionable here's how these fit and there's so many other ways to find cheaper and more affordable alternatives for what we're looking for and i think that's a big part of budgeting and saving is identifying where it's important to have quality and where it's okay to get the cheaper option because i'll only use it once or twice and it's okay yeah reviews have just changed our world Like it was definitely not something. Well, I do remember YouTube reviews, but now like written (laughs) reviews and the whole five star rating thing really changed how people buy products. And uh, the way I like to go about things is if I'm going to buy something a little bit more expensive, yes, I'll look into the reviews. But nowadays you have to like, you have to like be aware of like fake reviews too. Mm -hmm. So if that's something you guys, uh, are curious about and uh, we we love to have curated items from Amazon. I know Amazon is like a little more sketchy when it comes to reviews. So we only want to recommend things we've actually tried and we can give our good review for. Uh, Fake Spot is a website you can go to. You can plug in any Amazon URL and it'll give you kind of like a, a recalibrated rating by filtering out the ones that through its algorithm determine are not legitimate ratings. So you can use that website called Fake Spot and and speaking of Amazon, we really love these specific pairs of socks. Um, so again, going with the whole like doing your research, finding good quality items without paying a overly crazy price. Uh, these bearing socks, I love wearing them for working out. I wear them almost every other day. If and I'm planning on buying some more soon and I'm definitely going to buy Matt some more too. Uh, but love these socks. They are definitely quality, but at a, an understandable and good price. So um, if you're tired of getting holes in your socks every time you go for a run i definitely recommend these ones absolutely you should check it out and i think that as lame as it is it's awesome to have good recommendations (laughs) like that because it is so annoying when socks wear out or something that is just an afterthought fails you and you just want something that'll do the job it'll be comfortable and it can't be that simple even if you overspend on something like that people can't even see you know you're doing (laughs) something wrong so just kind of take those expenses out of your life buy something basic Uh, our link is in our description or you could check it out on our website so one thing about lifestyle creep that i think would be really interesting interesting is to understand the jump from college student into our careers, right? I feel like that's the biggest like single moment where you're going from usually very little to no income to full time, like in a lot of cases, very strong income for your area. And it's a big lifestyle change, right? It's really hard to adjust. So I would be curious, Jocelyn, what was your experience with making that adjustment and finding that balance? Oh my gosh, when I got when I got my first check, I think the biggest thing I had planned this out for years was like, 
okay, I need to get in the habit of tithing first and foremost. Mm. Like that was the first thing I prioritized. And I was so thankful that I was able to find a job during COVID. I was like, okay, God, like this is yours. And please help me to keep this habit because keeping a habit of tithing had been so hard in the past for me because my income would fluctuate so much. And I'd be like, "Eh, I don't know if I really need to. But I I made that commitment to God, like, you know, God, I don't know if I'm ready to like start this, uh, this whole tithing thing yet. So that was the first thing I I wanted to prioritize with money. But then going from like zero to nothing, like something consistent and significantly way more than what I had made at part-time job or summer jobs was like great. I felt like I was still spending like a college student for a long time personally. And so I was able to put away a lot more. And then I think every couple months, I I always notice that creep and then I always have to readjust. Hmm. Um, I think it's kind of like dieting where like you you have to count your calories in and calories burnt in order to have like a predictable maintenance of your body weight or your composition. So um, I think of it like that a lot. We're like, okay, I don't want to obsess over it every single day of my life, but I'm going to do like a self check-in. So I definitely was spending a lot more, maybe like a year into my first job, first, you know, full-time big job and uh, bought myself a couple nice things. <laughs> um, I love my, my Dyson appliances mm-hmm. and I did want to treat myself too because Working is a big accomplishment. Like getting into a job that can pay you a livable means is is something, you know, you should reward yourself with. But also had to remind myself to bring the spending down. Yeah, I think that that experience is all about adjustments, right? It's mm-hmm. seeing how you did one month saying, oh, I spent a lot more on this. I spent a lot less on this. Here's how I can change that. And I think that when you're getting started, it's really hard. To me, a few rule of thumbs really help me just get a baseline. It doesn't have to be precise. But I know uh, we personally really like Dave Ramsey. And his recommendation is putting 15% of your income away for retirement and then having three to six months of an emergency uh, fund just saved in a bank account somewhere you can get it quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think that having those as kind of guardrails on the sides, once you have that, you can start to adjust a little bit and say, okay, I want to buy a house in this many years, or I want to buy a car. And then you can start to come up with those plans, but just having, okay, here's retirement, here's my savings account, and then everything else I can adjust and I can fluctuate based on my goals. Yeah, I really like using the the Mint app by Intuit. That really helps me kind of figure out where everything is and how much I'm spending because when you have and this is what credit card companies love doing is making you as confused as possible. <laughs> when you have different accounts and different apps on different websites, like you really lose track of stuff. So Mint is really good at putting it all in one place. And um, that 15% retirement saving you were mentioning, um, that's a tough thing to do when you don't start off doing that. And that, yeah. I, that's something else I did commit to as well. I think I started putting in like 12% in every couple of months or like whenever there was like an income boost on I'm like, okay, I think I can afford a little bit more. And when I talk to people who don't do that or or who are at a different percentage, like they just talk about how hard it is to get any higher because your lifestyle creep will be, you know, combating that future savings of yours. 
That's a great point. I think it's really helpful to start that right off the bat because it's so much easier to start with that amount of money that you're comfortable with than to take 100% of your income, live off of that for a while, and then say, okay, I'm only going to keep 85% now. Because like we said, lifestyle creep will come up and you'll just get comfortable with that amount. It'll be easy because you spend this much here and this much there, and it's so much harder to carve out 15% than to have that set aside, have your tithing set aside, and then work with what you have left over. So I think starting that right off the bat can really set you up for success. Yeah. So Matt, between the two of us, I'm definitely the spender here. <laughs> I, I find it hard to, to believe that you even have to manage any of your lifestyle creep. But like, how do you go about whether or not to buy something more expensive that you would like to afford or can't afford? Because, you know, someone who doesn't spend that much, you could buy things, but you choose not to. So how, what's your decision making process with that? Yeah, spending definitely doesn't come naturally to me. And I don't think I realized that that was kind of abnormal, right? I, I had a strong propensity for saving from a very early age. I wanted to do that. And I think that for me, I have a much longer term view to where I see the impact of short term decisions really disproportionately in terms of how they affect my future plans, right? Like I can definitely get bogged down on worrying about why buying the more expensive pasta will impact my ability to buy a car in five years. I definitely overthink yeah. it. But I think that, that keeping your bigger goal in mind when you're making smaller decisions can yeah. really help with those because you need to understand what you're saving for in order mm -hmm. to save. I don't think that anyone, unless you have, you know, like a, a real fear or like a real security issue, it's not easy to just put away money to put away money. Um, I'm a strong believer that you should start looking forward to the things you want. Like even if I can't afford a house, I like looking at houses so I can see, hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm working for. This is the reason I'm not going to buy that thing that I want now because I know it can help me get along later. And you know, there's a flip side to that too in terms of balance, right? If I just deprive myself of happiness and joy now, I'm probably not going to make it to 45 where I can yeah. enjoy my money down the line. Yeah. And so I think everyone has to determine that balance. But I think that setting those rules of thumb and setting out a plan, it doesn't have to be, you know, in seven years and three months, I'm going to buy a car, but knowing, mm -hmm. okay, you know what, I want a car, I want a house and I want to have a family. So now you have this plan of, okay, I need to put away money for a house, I need to put away some money for retirement. And at least you have kind of the skeleton of what you're working towards. And mm -hmm. you can flesh that out as you go. Ooh, good words. Skeleton to flesh out. I like that. <laughs> a little little visual. But um, yeah, that's true. I think doing a little bit at a time for a long time is mm. just the best way to, to see results. We see that in everything that we do, that investing a little bit over a long period of time will get you to where you want to be and might even surprise you. Uh, you could also be someone, if you're listening, that uh, that doesn't have as much of a problem with spending. Um, if you are struggling to spend because you kind of deeply know you, maybe you deserve it, again, go back to episode three. <laughs> we encourage you to spend there a little bit. So yeah, I think in the end, it's, it's all about balance that doesn't contradict to spend and that doesn't contradict with uh managing how much you spend too but this is also like a good warning for people of like hey if you're starting out your life just know you know this is something that can catch up to you we don't want like you guys are our friends we don't want to see you struggling financially i think this country has does such a bad job financially in general so this is yeah your best your best uh, nudge 
I really like what you said about the importance of consistency and discipline, right? It's small actions taken over time that build up. We definitely know about the power of compound interest, right? If you save a few hundred dollars a month from a very young age, it can grow into millions. But if you just put that money aside and didn't let it grow or didn't have that time on your side, it'd be significantly less. And I think of the story of the tortoise and the hare. And one thing that I forgot and I found out recently is that the reason the tortoise wins the race is because the hare runs so fast, gets ahead, and takes a nap because it has so much of a lead. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's a really interesting kind of subplot to it because you can run really fast for a very short period of time, but it's hard to do that consistently, right? You can run really fast, you feel really good, and then you're just so burnt out that you can't keep going. And I think that it's important to just know what you're working towards, take small steps, and always keep it in balance, right? There can be a short season where things might be tough and you need to put in 60 hours a week in order to make ends meet. That's not a sustainable plan. That's not something you can do for a long time. But if you need to do it for a short amount of time, you can do it. You just have to keep mental health, spiritual health in mind and not get too focused on one aspect of what you're doing. Yeah, that was awesome, Matt. You're so fired up. Matt's so good (laughs) about this stuff. Um, Some of the other uh, tips that I'd recommend to definitely keeping track of your subscriptions. Yes. Not just knowing how many subscriptions or how much you're spending a month in subscriptions, but asking yourself, do I need these subscriptions? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We we have a couple of, like, I didn't even know until um, a couple weeks ago that you could get a, a drink subscription to Panera. Like, that's a thing. And it's like, you know, if that's you got to choose what's important to you, right? If that's important to you, and you're going to go study there, that's awesome. You're going to meet friends there. Cool. Um, But if you just have that, because you like the idea, and you don't actually go that often, or use it that much, then uh, maybe you should question whether you have it. Because even if it's cheap, again, in the same vein, uh, little things add up over a long period of time that could also go with spending and not just saving. So all of that will add up. So question whether you need like, Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus, you know, maybe you can go off of just one or two or kind of talk to friends and share some accounts and subscriptions. And um, if uh, you don't like the idea of that, then maybe you should not be watching what you're watching. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And I think that reevaluating those things is really helpful, too, because, you know, there are apps that can remind you of the subscriptions. And I think that going in and looking at your bills every month and seeing the impact that's having makes you really ponder whether it's worth it yeah right i think if you just set it and forget it it's really easy to just let it keep going and yeah i mean i use it every once in a while so it's okay but when you see that eight dollar charge coming in every month and then one month you say oh i i haven't used this all month why am i paying this eight dollars i think that it leads you to not just eliminate things but actually prioritize the ones that you want to keep and maybe by eliminating some that you don't use as often you're willing to spend a little bit more on something that you'll actually enjoy so i think that checking in i think that being proactive and managing your finances is helpful because it's definitely easier to just ignore it and say, oh, everything's been going all right, so I'll just Mm -hmm. let it go. But I think that being proactive, really diving deep and actually taking a look at everything you're spending can go a long way. Yeah, I have another tip I really like. Um, Whenever I'm going to buy something a little bit more expensive and I'm not sure if I'm going to like it, I like to make sure that it's a good return policy and a good seller. Ooh, that's a good point. Sometimes I like I'd rather pay more on one website or one store knowing I could return it than getting a discount at a separate site or store and there are no returns. Because if it's something more expensive, the last thing I want is to have a closet full of things I don't use. So a big part of lifestyle creep is knowing 
saying what you use again with the subscriptions what you use and what you don't use uh, you your habits and what you own is like the best data and history you can have about yourself <laughs> like you sometimes you don't need to think as hard about whether to buy certain items because you actually already have habits developed of whether or not you would use something like that so keeping that in mind will help you guys spend less Right. And I think that returns are a really good way to do that because it's really easy to make a snap decision and have it be a poor decision, right? I can go into a store, buy a shirt, and two days later, I hate it. But if I buy it, if I take it home, if I wear it, if I look at it every day and kind of give it some more time to evaluate and for me to actually think it through, I'll probably make a better financial decision. So I think that taking advantage of that return policy to really evaluate it, if it's a pair of shoes to try them on and wear them around a little bit, you know, things like that to give yourself some more time to extend the decision beyond just a snap decision that could go badly. Yeah, and be nice about it, guys. Don't buy like a bunch of stuff just uh, and use them and return them used. Like don't take advantage of it. This is about being wise with your money because we don't want you to bring in like, you know, a thousand dollar haul into your home and then justify keeping so many of them because you're going to use it. Like spend sparingly if you can and return even more sparingly if that makes sense. But yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful that returning is even <laughs> an option nowadays. I think, uh, you know, power to the consumer, I guess. Right. And I think that that's what spending and being wise with our money is all about is it's not just squirreling away everything and trying to spend as little as we can, but it's using our money to its best and highest potential, right? Using it on things we'll actually enjoy, using it on things that allow us to be generous, that allow us to be wise, and using it for things that will actually benefit us instead of just the easiest thing or the thing we want most in the moment. I think your money can go a lot further for you if you're wise about it instead of just worrying about not spending as much as possible. Yes, all about that balance. This is such a fun topic. I can't wait for the future episodes when we talk a little bit more about finances and how to get our lives in order. Yeah, I think this is such an interesting topic and everyone has our own unique experiences with it. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you check out uh, the link in our description, there's a link to Anchor where you guys can leave us voice messages. We'd love to hear your experiences with lifestyle creep, with spending, any questions or experiences you have financially. We'd love for you all to be a big part of this podcast and a part of our community. Um, So if you can uh, leave us a message, you can also follow along on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're enjoying the podcast, if you've been listening for a little while now, we'd love for you to leave us a review wherever you're listening. Yeah, if we're doing horribly, we need to know. (laughs) So we want to make this for you guys and to help you guys. Thanks so much for listening to Every Effort and happy lifestyle creep managing. Bye, guys.